Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment celebrity news on Matt Lauer, Nick Jonas, Alex Trebek, Ellen DeGeneres, Taraji P. Henson, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. My name is Hunter Hayes. I know myself, and I know my buzzed warning signs. One shot is about knowing my limits or not necessarily knowing my limits. I start with one shot to have a good time. One of the signs that I'm starting to feel a little buzz is when I start solving not only my own problems, but the entire world's problems. When I know I'm going out, I know I'm going to start with calling for a ride. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance, reminding you that when you adopt a shelter pet, you discover all the things that make them unique. Adopt your love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes, I do the same things over and over, until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of Hollywood, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. That's 347-637-2656. Six five six and press the number one. Also, like us on Facebook. We got a Facebook page. Just go to www.facebook.com/slash/that'sentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain One. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto Fourteen, like the High Heel Shoe, S T I L E T T O, and number fourteen. And you can also follow me on Instagram at T Jones Gibbs. That's T J O N E S. G-I-B-B-S. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a rainy 53 degrees. Before I get started with the show today, I'd like to give a shout-out to all my listeners out there. Thank you once again for hanging out with me and joining me here on this Wednesday afternoon. So how's your week been so far? Uh, lots to talk about as usual. You know, Matt Lauer, former NBC host is back in the news, but this time he's definitely been accused of rape. We're going to be talking about it. Last night was the premiere of the 2019 BET Awards. I'll tell you who won. Also this week we're going to be talking about Alex Trebek, why he said he is not afraid of dying and why he really thinks he should have kept his uh, diagnosis on the low because now people are coming to him for help and it's not been easy for him. We're going to be talking about it. Also, Miss Ellen DeGeneres has been being put on blast because of a controversy surrounding her seating arrangement at a recent Dallas Cowboy game. We're going to be talking about who she was sitting next to that caused the controversy. And Taraji P. Henson is passionate about uh, talking about... Um, she recently talked with uh, Maria Shriver about mental health issues in the African-American community. We're going to be talking about that and how she uh, wants to help fund for more African-Americans to take on the profession as therapists. And uh, also Jersey Shore star Ronnie Ortiz Mabrose, he's back in the news. He's He's been ordered to stay away from his girlfriend. So without further ado, let's get started with the most talked about stories for this week. Hit it. 
former NBC News employee, a former NBC News employee, she alleged that Matt Lauer raped her in 2014 during an interview for journalist Ronan Farrell for his forthcoming book, Catch and Kill. Now, Brooke Nevels is the woman who said that when she was in Sochi, Russia, with anchor Meredith Vieira to buy coverage for the Winter Olympics for the Today Show, is when Lauer raped her annually in a hotel, and this according to a report by Variety magazine. Now, what she uh, told Ronan Farrell is very graphic, so for uh, just to warn you guys, the things that she said uh, in the book is very graphic, so just to warn you. Uh, she told Farrell uh, that she ran into the former morning show host after the evening of drinking with colleagues and found herself in his room twice that night, once to retrieve her press credentials and then again because he invited her back. Now, Lauer said that he was already in uh, boxers and a T-shirt when Neville turned up at his door. That's what she recalls. And from there, he allegedly pushed her against the door and kissed her before shoving her onto the bed, flipping her over, and then asking if she had liked annual sex. She said that she declined several times, and Neville claimed she was in the midst of telling him she wasn't interested again when he just did it. Now, Lauer said she did not, uh, that he did not use lubricant, and the encounter was excruciatingly painful. Uh, she said that she remembered thinking if this is normal, and she told uh, she told Pharaoh, who is writing the book, that she stopped saying no, but she just wept silently into the pillow. And after the encounter, Neville says she uh, bled for days. Now, she said it was non-consensual in the sense that she was too drunk to consent. This is what she told Farrell. And she also said that she blamed herself most for. Now, she also told uh, Roman Farrell that uh, that they, they, they kept having these ongoing encounters. Now, at Vieira's urging, Nevels reported the incident to NBC executives and Lau was fired over the alleged assault a year later. Now, NBC on Wednesday issued a response to the allegation made in Farrell's book saying, quote, that Matt Lauer's conduct was appalling, horrific, and reprehensible, as we said at the time. That's why he was fired within 24 hours of us first learning of the complaint. Our heart breaks again for our colleague, unquote. Catch and Kill, which details Farrell's investigation into the Harvey Weinstein scandal as well, has how has uh, has hurdled from his then employer NBC that forced him to publish in the New Yorker is out on October 15. Now, former Today Show anchor Matt Lauer has pushed back against the rape accusation from his ex-co-worker Brooke Neville, saying that all of their encounters were mutual and completely consensual. Now, again, Neville divulged details of the alleged attack in Ronan Farrell's forthcoming book, Catch and Kill. She claimed that Lauer raped her in the hotel room while they were in Sochi, Russia, covering the 2014 Winter Olympics. Now, this is what Lauer wrote in a letter published by Variety on Wednesday. This is what he said, quote, Today, nearly two years after I was fired by NBC, old stories are being recycled, tantalizing details are being added, and a dangerous and defamatory new allegation is being made. All are being spread as part of a promotional effort to sell a book. It's outrageous. So after not speaking out to protect my children, it is now with their full support that I say enough. Unquote. He continued on to describe his relationship with Neville as an extramarital affair, which began the night she joined him in his hotel room in Sochi. He also, this is also what Matt Lauer wrote. He said, "Quote: The story Brooke tell is filled with false details intended only to create the impression this was an abusive encounter. Nothing could be further from the truth. There was absolutely nothing aggressive about that encounter." Brooke did not do or say anything to object. She certainly did not cry. She was fully enthusiastic and willing partner. At no time did she behave in a way that made it appear she was incapable of consent, unquote. 
both Lauer and Nevels have admitted to having several sexual encounters when they returned from Russia to New York. Farrell, in his book, wrote that sources close to Lauer emphasize that she sometimes initiated contact. What is not in dispute is that Neville, like several women he's spoken to, has further sexual encounter with the man she had assaulted, who who she said had assaulted her. Um, they also addressed this uh, story on uh, Matt Lauer's co-colleagues, uh, Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Copy. They addressed this story on today's show, and... Uh, you know, they was appalled by the story, and uh, it was a little upsetting because here was a man that they worked with every day, side by side, sitting next to each other, giving the news for the day, and to hear these accusations of how he treated a uh, another NBC colleague was very upsetting and appalling. And, uh, you know, it's it's... And a lot of people are saying, you know, was she doing this for money? Was she just – and the the woman, Neville, said that she wasn't doing this for money. She said she didn't even want the money. After she came back to New York, it was said that she um, – they put her on um, a leave of absence and that uh, they paid her uh, seven figures. And she said it wasn't all about the money. But, um, you know, this just goes to show you how, um, and, you know, anytime you work in any type of uh, work environment, corporate environment, there is a potential of some attractiveness against employees. And that's why they always hold these uh, sexual harassment seminars. Some companies have them every year. Because a lot of these things which you thought wasn't sexual harassment is, and sometimes um, people are not aware of. And it brought this whole Me Too movement in full effect. So, you know, there's always two sides to every story, but coming from um, the accusations made by uh, by this woman who said that Matt did this to her, is upsetting because this was a, a person that you saw. He was Matt Lauer definitely was the face of NBC today. He was the face of the show, and she was afraid because you know he had a lot of power, and he could have ruined her career. So we'll see what happens. Um, former, uh, well, you know, you know the show The Voice. Uh, you know that um, there's been some changes on the show. And now they're getting a new coach. And Nick Jonas is getting ready to join the NBC reality singing competition series for its 18th season in the spring. The pop star, who's now 27, will replace Gwen Stefani, who will leave after the current season. The news was revealed in a video that aired on Tuesday episode of the Ellen DeGeneres show featuring the other current voice coaches, uh, Kelly Clarkson, John Legend, and Blake Shelton greeting the Jonas Brothers star with funny messages. Shelton is the last remaining original coach in the series, which center on inspiring artists teaming up with the famed coaches to perfect their act ahead of performance on the show. And Alex Trebek said he doesn't fear death as he continued his battle against stage 4 pancreatic cancer. The longtime Jeopardy host who announced his diagnosis in March spoke about his fight with the disease in a new interview with Canada's CTV News saying he's not afraid of dying while admitting there are times he regret being so open about his situation. Trebek recently began a second round of chemotherapy. Doctors had initially believed he could transition to immunotherapy after a successful first round of chemo, but Trebek suffered a setback. He has continued to host Jeopardy since learning his diagnosis, but he told CTV he should step away if he felt he needed to. He's been host of the long-running game show since 1984 when it was revamped. Trebek said producers tell him they haven't noticed a change in his performance. Hosting the show has not been an issue for Trebek overall, he said, because he hadn't been in physical pain while doing it. The Canadian-born icon has served as an inspiration throughout his battle, which he chronicles in interviews and in videos shared on social media. In his first video announcing his diagnosis, Trebek expressed his plan to beat the low survival rate statistic for 
this disease. But he told CTV that speaking out about his fight had not been easy at times. He said, quote, there are moments when I have some regrets about having gone public with it because there's a little too much of Alec Trebek out there, and I regret that. I have become in many ways the spokesperson for pancreatic cancer. There are a lot of expectations, and what I've discovered is that not only have I become the de facto flag carrier for it, a lot of people are coming to me and looking for help, reassurance, and that's tough, unquote. Ellen DeGeneres didn't punt on the chance to address controversy surrounding her seating arrangement at the Dallas Cowboy game on Sunday. The talk show host drew some criticism after she was being uh, had been seen sitting next to former President George W. Bush in a suite during the co- uh, during the Cowboys matchup with the Green Bay Packers. Now, she said in a pre-taped clip for her show, which was posted on Twitter on Monday night, she said that people were upset. They thought, why is a gay Hollywood liberal sitting next to a conservative Republican president? She said a lot of people were mad, and they did what people do when they're mad. They tweet. DeGeneres says she and her wife, actress Portia De Rosie, were guests at the game of the Charlotte Jones Uh, They were guests of the game of Charlotte Jones, the daughter of the Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones. Uh, She then defended her friendship with Bush. She said, quote, I'm friends with George Bush. In fact, I'm friends with a lot of people who don't share the same belief that I have. During the Sunday game, DeGeneres snapped a cell phone video that featured Bush smiling as she panned the camera over to him. Bush appeared on the Ellen DeGeneres show in 2017. In her segment addressing the situation, DeGeneres, DeGeneres shared a tweet from someone who said seeing her next to Bush gave them faith in America. She also said that she's friends with people who wear animal fur, even though she disagreed with the practice. DeGeneres added during the monologue that she was rooting for the Packers due to her friendship with quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Despite her sitting in the Cowboy owner's box, Green Bay beat the Cowboys 34-24. to You know, I kind of... I agree with Ellen because, you know, there are going to be people you're going to be friends with that don't share the same views. Like I was telling you a couple of years ago, you know, I'm when it comes to politics, you know, I have friends who are Republicans. I'm a Democrat. And as long as we don't talk politics, we're fine. We have a good time. We go for drinks. We have, We just have, we laugh. We just have a great time. But, you know, it doesn't mean that, oh, because you are conservative that, oh, I shouldn't be your friend. As long as we don't talk politics, we're cool. And that's what Ellen is saying. You know, there's a, you're going to be friends with people that don't share the same views. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't hang out with them. But, um, you know, people are just, you know, people just take things too seriously and way out of proportion. Right now we have 18 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Where every Wednesday I try to bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you are a registered listener here on Blog Talk Radio, sign up. Register. It's free. All you have to do is sign and, and sign up and create a password, and you can not only listen to my show on the air, but other shows here on the network as well, anywhere from politics, uh, social issues, self-help, business, you name it. So, uh Go ahead and log in to www.blogtartradio.com, register as a listener, and it's free. Uh, Taraji P. Henson sobbed her way through a recent TV interview with newswoman Maria Shriver as she tackled mental health issues among African-American teenagers. The Empire Star recently launched the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, named after her father who battled post-traumatic stress disorder and depression, and now she has started visiting high schools to speak with kids, urging them to speak up, about anxiety and other related issues. Shriver told uh, she joined Taraji as she met with students at Chicago High School for the Arts who explained that kids who talk about mental health problems are considered weak. The response upset the actress who cried as she told the Good Morning American correspondent, quote, that I don't ever want to get to a place where I can sit and be comfortable spewing facts and numbers about children as young as five years old taking their life. That should never be normal. Unquote. 
Taraji took her fight to more mental health funding among the African-American community to Capitol Hill over the summer, calling the problem a national crisis as she fought back tears. And she told Shriver she first released there was uh, her first release there was a big issue when she tried to find a black therapist for her son, Marcel. Only 4% of all trained counselors in the U.S. are black, and Taraji is now offering scholarships through her new foundation to help students who want to follow a career in therapy. And the winners of the 2019 BET Hip Hop Awards were finally revealed during the broadcast on Tuesday. Among those who bagged multiple awards during the ceremony that took place at the Cobb Enery Center in Atlanta, Georgia, were Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Both Cardi and Megan went home with two awards, while the Bodak Yellow Hitmaker won Best Hip Hop Video for Her Money, Visual, and May You Look Award, the Hot Girl Summer Best the likes of Drake beat the likes of Drake and the Carters, Jay Z and Beyonce for the Hot Ticket Performer category. Megan additionally nabbed Best Mix Tape for Fever. Prior to the broadcast, Megan had already let her fans know about her win at the award giving event, and taken to Instagram, she thanked her team and devotees for making this possible. Also, collecting multiple tro- trophies during the ceremony were J. Cole, Travis Scott, and Lil Nas X. Cole brought home three awards in total, including Lyricist of the Year and Impact Track for Middle Child. As for Travis and Nas, both of them notched two awards. The latter song, Old Town Road, with Billy Ray Cyrus, helped him win Best Collabo, Duo or Group, and Single of the Year. Meanwhile, Travis was named the honoree for Album of the Year for Astroland and Video Director of the Year. Other winners at the ceremony, including The Baby, who beat Blueface, Nas and Megan, among others, for the Best New Hip-Hop Artist, as well as DJ Khaled, who took home Producer of the Year accolade. Uh, the late Nipsey Hussle was also honored during the event as he was announced as the winner of the MVP of the year. And Queen B, Little Kim, was honored for her longevity in the rap game as for, and also being recognized for opening the doors for female MCs like Eve, Remy Ma, Nicki Minaj, and Cardi B as she took home the I Am Hip Hop Award. So congratulations to all the nominees and the winners of the 2019 BET Hip Hop Awards. And speaking of Lil Nas and Cardi B, well, they have been sued over an alleged sample in their rodeo duet. Producer Brandon Lee claimed the track featured his song Broad Day, and he wants acknowledgement and payment. Lee insisted the uh, the the, uh, the the chorus progression and the tempos on both songs are the same, and they incorporate guitar and wind instruments. Lee is suing Lil Nas X, Sony Music Entertainment, and Columbia Records, as well as Cardi's former manager, Clenord Raphael. It's not the first time the Old Town Road star had been accused of swiping a sample from another artist without permission. Fiona Apple recently claimed his mixtape track, Kim Jong-un, featured a snippet of her song every single night. Lil Nas X resolved the issue by suggesting he and Apple should do something together for his next album. She responded, quote, I would love that. That is such a good ending to this little story, unquote. And Jersey Shore star Ronnie Ortiz Magro has been ordered to stay away from girlfriend Jen Harley after allegedly hitting her and kidnapping their daughter last week according to Us Weekly. The Los Angeles Police Department slapped an emergency protective order against the Jersey Shore family star following the October 4th incident. He was released Friday after posting a $100,000 bail after his early morning arrest following a physical altercation with Harley. The order calls for Artis Magro to stay at least 100 yards away from Harley and their 18-month-old daughter, Ariana, for at least one week. LAPD told Us Weekly that Artis Magro was uh, uncooperative during his arrest and officers used a taser against him. Scott E. Lennon, uh, Artis Magro's lawyer, denied any wrongdoing by his client, and a source told Us Weekly that Artis Magro feels pretty horrible. Now, this has been an ongoing situation with Ronnie and the mother of his child. They have a volatile relationship, and it's so bad that, you know, it had 
they had talked about this on the show, I think a year ago, how his relationship with his uh, the mother of his child has been so volatile and violent that I don't even know how they're able to co-parent. You know, they, they this is an ongoing situation with them, and they have a daughter. And I got to say, if you got to be this way with someone, you don't need to be together. I don't even know why he even hooked up with her in the first place. I think this woman was just a rebound girl for him and that they had really nothing in common. Unfortunately, a baby was produced out of this relationship, but they just has been it's all, it's been violent since day 1. Uh there was a uh, it was alleged that she was being violent with him, hitting, and uh, she's been accused of trying to run him over and things of that nature. And then here we go, he's going back and forth with her. And it's just a messed up situation. I, I, you know, it's just sad that because they, 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 they have a daughter now, and they have to be in each other's lives until their daughter becomes an adult herself. So... It's a, it's a shame. It's sad, really. Um, right now we have here 26 minutes after the hour. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about um, the, well, Martin Scorsese uh, has something to say about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And a lot of these stars of Iron Man and uh, Captain uh, America and Guardians of the Galaxy. A lot of the actors from these movies had a lot to say about Martin Scorsese's uh, uh, talk about how their movies are not uh, what he described not cinema. But one star, Robert Downton Jr., said he isn't bothered by it, and uh, he talks about it on uh, Howard Stern. I'll tell you what he said. And uh, Priyanka Chopra uh, has decided to put herself in the running if they ever want to have the first female James Bond. And Beauty and the Beast star uh, Luke Evans He's getting ready to launch his career as a rocker. I'll tell you what he's planning on doing. And Snoop Dogg is refusing to apologize for his, uh, I guess you could say, his uh, ratchet performance at the University of Kansas when he performed at their pep rally. And Lindsay Lohan has dismissed rumors that she's been axed from the judging panel of the Masked Singer Australia. All those stories and more coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere.
Tune in to That's Entertainment, the number one source of entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on Block Talk Radio. Right now, we got 27 minutes left remaining in the show. That was new music by Charlie Puth and Cheating on You. Before we went to the music break, I was telling you about uh, Iron Man star Robert Downey Jr. He isn't bothered by Martin Scorsese, um, where he had decided that Marvel Cinematic Universe movies are not cinema. Scorsese has been criticized by a number of Marvel alumni, including Samuel L. Jackson, Karen Gillan, and Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn for saying the superhero film makes him think of theme parks rather than cinematic excellence. However, Downey Jr. isn't angered, angered by the remark as he told Sirius XM radio show Howard Stern that even he struggled to comprehend how huge Marvel movies have become. The 54-year-old actor disagreed with the Irishman filmmaker saying Marvel blockbuster play well in theaters, but admit there may be something to the idea that the runaway success of comic book movies had crowded out some more artful films. Although he disagreed with Scorsese saying he thinks his comics make no sense, Downey Jr. explained, quote, I appreciate his opinion because I think it's like anything we need, all of the different perspectives so we can come to center and move on, unquote. So, yeah, Martin Scorsese feels that all these comic book movies put out by Marvel and maybe DC Comics, that it's more for entertainment and that, you know, they, when he says that they're not, they're not cinematic. He's talking about the art direction and and you know the way the the camera moves and how they capture certain essence of the movie. Whereas a lot of the Marvel movies are more um, it's more special effects and more of a, uh, how can I say um, just more adventurous. Um, more entertaining than showing cinematic worth. So that's what, uh, I guess, Scorsese is trying to say. But don't hate. I mean, yeah, these Marvel movies are entertaining, and they might not be um, worthy of Oscar nomination, but people do enjoy them, and they are entertaining. And I mean, and some people like those type of music movies. Not everybody's gonna like the very um the slow, traditional people are not looking at uh oh, the camera angle was on point in the scene or people are not going to the movies for that. That's for the Academy of uh motion picture and science, that's what their job is to do. We as a consumer, we're just going there because of entertainment. That's all that is. I, I don't think the average person, in my opinion, is going to the movies trying to uh, look at how the different angles and uh, how the the direction of the, the, the camera and the and actors. I don't think they're doing that, in my personal opinion. I know I'm not doing that. So, But a lot of the um, actors... Um, uh, Point in example, Samuel L. Jackson definitely really clapped back on Martin Scorsese, uh, where he disagreed with the uh, director. So, but you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. said it's not going to phase him because he was surprised of the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how it generates all the billions of dollars. But we got to think about, you know, these are. A lot of people know these characters from their childhood, from reading comic books, growing up watching the the cartoons of some of these characters. So it's not surprising that they did well. So uh, Priyanka Chopra has put herself in the running to be the first female James Bond. The actress is a massive fan of the British spy drama franchise and thinks it's definitely time for a female 007, and she thinks she's the perfect candidate. The Baywatch star made it clear she's a serious contender and then asked which actress she could see stepping into Daniel Craig's shoes, and she joked, me. 
The Sky is Pink actress explained, quote, I don't know. I would just be very happy with the fact that it would be a woman. I definitely think it's time, unquote. Filming recently wrapped up on the 25th Bond movie, No Time to Die, which is rumored to be Craig's fifth and final outing in the role. It debuts in theaters next April of 2020. And while people are concerned over the depiction of violence in the movie Joker has not faded away, the movie is engulfed in another controversy. The R-rated film about Batman's villain has sparked new outrage for featuring a song by convicted pedophile Gary Glitter. The British glam rocker 1970 hit Rock and Roll Part 2 is used in the scene which sees a transformed Arthur Fleck played by uh, Waquan Phoenix dancing down the stairs seemingly in trance. The song has also been featured in other movies such as The Replacements and Meet the Flockers and play in many sports arena as a stadium anthem. Glitter was sentenced in 2015 to 16 years in jail after being convicted of sexual abusing three young girls. He was found guilty of one count of attempted rape, four counts of indecent assault, and one count of sexual intercourse with a girl under the age of 13. The 75-year-old singer is expected to receive royalties for the use of the song in Joker. CNBC journalist Sam Meredith reports that Glitter, whose name is Paul Gadd, is reportedly expected to receive a lump sum for allowing the recording to be used in Joker. He also thought to be in line for music royalties, depending on the success of movie theater, ticket sales, DVD sales, and film soundtrack sales, unquote. This doesn't sit well with many movie fans who think that no one should support a pedophile by promoting or using his song. Warner Brothers, which distributes the movie, and director and producer Todd Phillips have not responded to the backlash regarding the use of Glitter's song. Joker is currently playing in theater. It debuted atop the North American box office with $96.2 million on its opening weekend, breaking the record previously set by Venom, Venom, in uh, 2018 for the biggest October opening. And uh, Disney's The Little Mermaid is close to catching another of its aquatic members. The live-action remake of the studio's 1989 animated musical film is reportedly approaching David Diggs to play Sebastian. And according to Variety, the 37-year-old actor is currently in negotiations for the role. In the original movie, Sebastian is a Jamaican crab and a visor of King Triton. And despite working for Triton, he has a big role in Ariel's adventure on the land as he tags along with her to keep you know, her out of trouble. He sings two of the most famous songs in the movie, Under the Sea and Kiss the Girl. Haley Bailey is on board to play Ariel, while uh, Javier Barden has been cast as Ariel's father, King Triton. Melissa McCarthy is tapped to play her evil aunt, Ursula. Uh, Cameron Cuff, Jonas Howard King, and Christian Navarro and Asher Angel are rumored circling the role of Prince Eric, Ariel's love interest, after Harry Styles reportedly turned down the coveted part. And Aquafina is reportedly in talks to play a gender swap scuttle. And Jacob Tremblay has been offered the role of Flounder. Rob Marshall is set to direct the pick, which has a script written by Jane Goldman. Alan Menken, who scores the original movie, returns as composer for the upcoming remake. And Menken will also write new songs for the movie alongside Lin-Manuel Miranda. Production for the movie is slated to begin in 2020. Diggs originally, uh, originated the role of Marcus D. Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson in critical acclaimed musical Hamilton, which was created by Miranda. And after leaving the musical in 2016, the vocalist of the, uh, uh, the, the hip-hop group Clipping has appeared in recurring capacities on uh, NBC comedy Blackish, and he also starred in the film Wonder. He also wrote and produced and starred in the 2018 film Blind Spotting, which earned him a nomination for the Independent Spirit Award for Best Male Lead. 
and Selma star David Aiello will front the TV series adaptation of former U.S. leader Bill Clinton bestseller, The President is Missing. Showtime bosses have picked up the project based on Clinton's book with James Patterson, and now Aiello has signed on to sign and Zika to produce alongside the ex-president and the thriller writer. Uh, I, uh, uh, David Alello will portray a powerless vice president who suddenly becomes the president. And this seemed to be true in pre, uh, previous rumors, which said that 50 Cent is working on a Takashi 69 biopic. According to a new report, the power executive producer is producing a docu-series of the Brooklyn rapper on a series titled A Moment in Time. TMZ reports that the planned docu-series will feature six- to eight-hour-long episodes. It is set to detail the rise and fall of the rapper from from the start of his music career to his downfall after police label him as a snitch for cooperating with federal authorities as he was convicted of their crimes, including racketeering conspiracy and kidnapping. Other stars who will be the subject of the project also include Snoop Dogg, who underwent a murder trial at the peak of his fame in the 1990s, and producer Scott Starch, who sent 50 Beyonce, Fat Joe, and Christina Aguilera, among others, to a stardom before going in a spiral of drug abuse. The docuseries is also set to chronicle 50 himself, the in-the-club hitmaker infinitely tangled with former music executive Jimmy Henchman Rosemond in 2007, which claimed the life of 50's associate Lowell Lodi Mac Fletcher. This got Roseman serving two life sentences for ordering Fletcher death and a drug trafficking case. Right now we have uh, 16 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to take another break. And when I come back, I'll give you the last remaining stories of the day. So don't go anywhere.
That was the latest from Sam Smith and How Do You Sleep. Right now we have here about 12 minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, Beauty and the Beast star Luke Evans will launch his career as a rocker with a cover of Pat Benatar, Love is a Battlefield. The Welch actor first single from his debut album, At Last, will drop on Friday, October the 11th. At last, which also features Luke's rendition of "You Two with or without you," and if a, if I could turn back time by share, will be released on November 22nd. And Snoop Dogg is refusing to apologize to the University of Kansas official for his rowdy late night gig on campus last week, insisting people should know he's no saint on stage. The college athletic athletic director Jeff Long had apologized after the rapper upset parents and boosters at the late night in the Fung Pep Rally to celebrate the start of the basketball practice on Friday. His 35-minute set featured unedited versions of his hits, including Gin and Juice and Drop It Like It's Hot, while pole dancers performed and fake $100 bills featured the rapper's face was shot over players and recruits. Long released a statement over the weekend revealing Universal Booker's made it clear they expected a clean version of the show, adding, quote, I take full responsibility for not thoroughly vetting all the details of the performance and offer my personal apology to those who were offended, unquote. Uh, he said he also said that they strive to create a family atmosphere at Kansas and fell short of that. But Snoop insists he won't be following suit and admit he had a great time at the gig. He also dismissed reports suggesting that he was asked to leave the university immediately after his set. Snoop said, quote, I think it was more the publicity of what I did. They had to cover it up. I respect them, and I wasn't going to put no smut on their name and say they did anything wrong because they invited me to come do what I do, and when you pay for Snoop Dogg, you're going to get Snoop Dogg, unquote. You know, for anybody who knows Snoop Dogg or follows Snoop Dogg or a fan of Snoop Dogg music, you know that he was going to bring it a little raunchy. I mean, if you don't know Snoop music by now, and you didn't, and you didn't have a have any inkling that he was going to get a little scandalous in his uh, performance, then I just don't understand why. Uh, People invite these artists knowing, not knowing their music or not not knowing how they perform or not knowing or follow how they uh, perform live in concert. How do you not know that Snoop Dogg, there was a a 99.9 chance that he was going to do something scandalous or ratchet or whatever? But uh, I guess he, I guess the University of Kansas will know the next time when they book other acts for their pep rallies. And Justin Bieber has let slip that he's planned to release a new album at the end of 2019. Earlier this year, the star announced on social media he was taking a break from music, but he's going to come back with a kicking-ass album ASAP. That was his quote. Uh, since then, Justin has dropped a string of singles, including the chart-topping Ed Sharon collaboration, I Don't Care, and recently enjoyed a second wedding to wife Haley Baldwin, all while secretly working on new music in the studio. In an Instagram Live broadcast on Monday, October 7, the Sorry Singer thrilled fans when he announced he was dropping new music soon, telling his 119 million followers as he rode his uh, Segway around the house. Later that evening, the Star Tease fan on Twitter that he's been busy working once again writing. Uh, the star return comes after he and Haley celebrated their first wedding anniversary with a second ceremony for family and friends in South Carolina following their 2018 New York courthouse wedding on September 30th. And fans were less disappointed when Madonna announced that her Monday, October 7th show at BAM Howard Gilman Opera in New York City had been postponed due to a previous undisclosed knee injury. In a statement shared on her website hours prior to the show, her team stated that the Queen of Pop is currently recovering. While her Monday show had to be postponed, her concerts on October 10th and 12th are expected to proceed as scheduled. The the postponed show is a part of her Madam X tour, which kicked off earlier this month after the delayed start of nearly a month. 
Following her show at BAM Howard Gilman Opera, the Like a Virgin singer is expected to be heading to Chicago and San Francisco. The opening night of her Chicago show, which was originally set for October 5th, was pushed back due to unknown reasons. Meanwhile, her first San Francisco concert was moved to November 5th due to production issues. The North American leg is expected to conclude on December 22nd in Miami, Florida. And Lindsay Lohan has dismissed rumors she's been axed from the judging panel of The Masked Singer Australia, insisting she's already looking forward to season two. A report from Australian site New Idea emerged on Monday, October 7th, with a TV insider claiming that the Mean Girl actress has been dumped from the show after angering her co-stars with her tricky demands and complete lack of respect. However, the star is paying no heed to the speculation, confirming she will be back and suggesting she won't be alone this time. And speaking on Australia, Kyle and Jackie O's show last week, Lindsay denied reports that she was a diva on set and said people were just digging for negativity. In addition to appearing on the hit Channel 10 show, the star is also relaunching her pop music career after dropping her new single, Xanax, in September. And more than $750,000 worth of jewelry was stolen from R&B singer Tamika Tiny Harris' car Sunday night in Atlanta, including her wedding ring from husband T.I. The reality TV star was having drinks with friends at a midtown bar when she returned to her Lamborghini around 9.45 p.m. and noticed her bag was missing. The stolen items include watches, earrings, and a wedding ring. Police are reportedly investigating the theft. Harris, who was born to Mika Cottle, co-wrote TLC's Grammy Award-winning song, No Scrubs, and then rose to fame with the R&B quartet, Escape. She and T.I. was married in 2010 and have three children together. They star in the VH1 reality show, T.I. and Tiny, The Family Hustle, which follows a celebrity couple working together through parenthood and music careers. And the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce announced Monday that Wendy Williams will receive the 2,677 star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on October 17. The Gossip Queen star in the television category will be placed on Hollywood Boulevard near stars of America Horror Story creator Ryan Murphy and actor Jason Bateman. Williams, who served as host of the Emmy Award-nominated National Syndicated Daytime talk show, started her career in radio almost 25 years ago reaching upward to 12 million viewers as she rebranded herself as a shock jaw of black radio. The Ashbury Park, New Jersey native became a household name with a 2003 interview with Whitney Houston that went off the rails, exposing a previous unseen side of the pop diva. William was inducted in the National Radio Hall of Fame in November of 2009 and has written multiple books, including the New York Times best-selling memoir, Wendy Got the Heat with Karen Hunter. Published by Simon and Schuster, Williams off, uh, offered jaw-drumping details about her career path, celebrity encounters, and crack use. The Northeastern University alum has appeared on various TV shows, including Martin and Dancing with the Stars, and had a cameo in Think Like a Man based on Steve Harvey's best-selling relationship advice book. In 2013, she was cast as matron Mama Morton in the Broadway Tony Award-winning revival of the musical Chicago. Currently, Wendy is developing and will executive produce a biopic and a documentary for Lifetime Television that will focus on her life and her career. According to a spokesperson for the Hollywood Walk of Fame, fellow radio veteran Elvis Durant of New York City's Z100 fame will be on hand during the ceremony. And Karen Pendleton, one of the original Mouseketeers of the Mickey Mouse Club show of the 1950s, died Sunday after a heart attack in Fresno, California, according to Disney historian and author Lorraine Santoli. She was 73. Pendleton was one of the only nine youngsters to appear on the Classic Kids show during its entire original run between 1955 and 1959. She was paired with Cubby O'Brien, uh, during the show's well-known theme song, Mickey Mouse Club March. 
Pendleton left show business after the show run ended, and in 1983 she was involved in an automobile accident that left her paralyzed from the waist down. She required a wheelchair for the rest of her life, but still earned multiple degrees, worked at a women's shelter, and served as a board member for the California Association of the Physical Handicap. She appeared at many Mickey Mouse Club reunions at both Disneyland and at conventions. Dennis Day, a Mouseketeer who appeared on the show first two seasons, was murdered earlier this year in Oregon. He was 76. And the mom of New York rapper Little Peep has filed a wrongful death lawsuit claiming her son's manager facilitated the drug-laden environment that led to his fatal overdose in 2017. The lawsuit filed Tuesday in Los Angeles said that the manager knew Little Pete was in a, a comatose-like state from drug use in the month before his death and nonetheless allowed him to go on stage and perform without any intervention, medical or otherwise. An MO rap phenomenon from Long Island, the musician whose real name was Gustav R., died on November 15, 2017, after falling unconscious on a tour bus in Arizona. The Pima County Medical Examiner ruled his death as accidental overdose of fentanyl and Xanax. The new lawsuit named Little Peep Management First Firm First Access Entertainment as the lead defendant. The company was co-founded by super agent Sarah Stedman, an industry power broker known for guiding the careers of Ellie Gooden, uh, Iggy Azalea, and Zayn Malik. And according to the lawsuit, uh, Stennett once gifted a little pee with a bottle of pills at a group dinner in early 2017. Um no criminal charges has been filed in Little P's death, and his mom lawsuit is thought to be a novel attempt by musician relatives to hold managers accountable for an overdose. Uh, Michael Jackson's family unsuccessfully sued his concert promoter, AEG Live, for wrongful death after the superstar singer died from an accidental overdose of a surgery strain uh, and, uh, anesthesic in uh, 2009. Well, that will do it for me for this week. Uh, tune in next time when we uh, do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Make sure you stay safe, and I will talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>